This is exactly right. Let's get into this. Scotty, you ready? Oh, Curtie B. I am ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Here it is. Someone just rickrolled the entire city of Dallas with a massive floating QR code. Oh, well, we're never going to give it up on this very fancy Woo-hoo, new nice. version of Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. And thank you to everybody who keeps sending us unexpected bananas, which for those first-time listeners, those are not penis pictures. Those are bananas <laughs> found out in the world where you do not expect them. Thank you to everyone who's been sending them in for almost two years now. Uh, and just a reminder, I have no idea when this episode's coming out. Me neither. But San Francisco, Portland, Austin, Denver, Asbury Park, New Jersey, Brooklyn, New York. We're Probably coming for others. you. Yeah. Come on over. Uh, all the dates are on our Instagram. Instagram, click our link tree. Anyways, let's get that business out of the way and get into our very, very, very special guest. Our guest today is possibly the mm-hmm. most perfect guest for our show, Scotty. Correct. I agree. Uh, she makes a living revealing the most bananas corners of the internet. Good. Uh, she's a senior technology reporter for BuzzFeed and a good friend. Please welcome oh, yeah. Katie Natopoulos. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you How for having me. I'm, I'm well. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. oh, it is a joy. Thanks for being here. Did you have a lovely weekend? Are you looking forward to this week? You know oh, what? I had a terrible weekend. I had, oh, really? I had some sort of stomach bug. I was like barfing. I caught it from the kids and like, yeah. I, I, it had been, you know, by the time you're like an old person who has kids mm-hmm. it's been many years mm-hmm. since you've stayed up all night barfing from anything <laughs> good and then you get it from you know just nothing and it's it's frankly rude it's oh, rude. Yeah. you know it's rude you didn't even do anything to deserve it exactly. right exactly yeah. if i'm going to be barfing at 2 a.m i want to have earned it you know yeah, had a, yeah. Had a, a great time the night before uh, <laughs> instead of just a it. continuingly bad night yeah I saw exactly on your, on your Twitter that you um, had retweeted uh, something that I've been fascinated with too, mm-hmm. but like in like uh, machine generated kids content on YouTube, that's like fascinatingly disturbing and strange. Yeah. I don't know what that is. What's that? Um, um, do you know anything about it, Katie? Cause I'll talk if you don't want to. I, I have a feeling that we sort of are on the same wavelength. I have, seen some of this both, you know, in my research as a technology reporter, but also like in the wild as a parent. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so there's like a lot of stuff on YouTube that um, probably is made somewhere outside of the U.S. and is like computer generated animation that has a lot of sort of like 
uh, notes to it that are just like pure uh, toddler like id. So it's got like Spider-Man, Donkey uh, Kong, they're mm-hmm. together. That is not canon. Like the Whoa. I <laughs> the IP is Whoa. out of control. And like, and then it'll be like, and they're just going, they're driving monster trucks. And and then like, but it almost seems like like it was like not even a human. I mean, I, I don't know enough yes. about how animation works, but it almost feels like if you let a like AI program continue to create the plot of the animation, which may be actually how it is. That is what yeah. is happening. Yeah. Yes. So I read it just, a whole thing on it in Wired, which is like, not to interrupt, keep going. Oh, yeah. So like, so things happen that are just like surreal. Like Spider-Man will just like get rolled over by a steamroller or like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like because there's a lot of trucks in it. It becomes upsetting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it can get into sort of like, um, violence and grotesque things in ways that like you wouldn't anticipate for something that clearly is made to entertain toddlers or, you know, sure. small children. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there is my sense is that there is less of it on YouTube, although, well, I, I started. Yeah. Yeah. There's sort of a distinction there of like, there's less of it on the YouTube kids app. That, right, which so. they have actually sort of cleaned up quite a bit. Um, at, I think sure. there's still a lot of like very bad content on actual YouTube. Um, but so you you clearly know even more than I do, Kurt. Well, apparently it is. It's it's actually a lot of it out there is machine generated, and basically what it's doing is uh, they're like they crawl through. They have these bots that crawl through and find out what gets hits, like what what I what see. keywords get hits for uh, for kids videos, yeah. and then it essentially like combines those words and then grabs images and then makes these animations and then posts them. Um, and it'll just be like, like the one that you posted, which is so insane. It was like Godzilla and Donkey Kong. And, but then Godzilla, like he gets melted and he, and then he gets put in a microwave and he explodes (laughs) and then he gets run over by a, uh, like a, like a lawnmower and gets chopped up and you see all the body parts. Like it's really insane, but it's like a plastic, it's supposed to be like a melting plastic, uh, uh, Godzilla, but yeah. So, so this guy, it was a Wired article from a way back, and it's what I think alerted YouTube that like these things were getting put on mm-hmm. YouTube, and it's the main reason that I don't <laughs> let my kid watch the algorithm. I don't let them let either of them watch the YouTube algorithm. Like, if they want to watch YouTube, yeah. they have to go to like a child content creator's page, and they can watch the videos on that page. But I won't okay. let them run through the algorithm because the if you come back, like you come back in fifteen minutes when they're just like hitting algorithms, and all of a sudden I'm just like what the fuck are we watching we're watching hamster ma- mazes we're watching like just like animated balls yeah. going marble through, races like, a maze. Lots marble, of marble races racing. yeah mm-hmm. so much yeah I'll never know yeah. yeah there there's a lot of um i feel like youtube is the like i i have a five-year-old child so like he's very curious about youtube and like craves it and like yeah i made the mistake of in the early days of the pandemic allowing him to you know you know, I sort of opened the Pandora's box there, yeah, right? As you should like have. I, you know, I that we all do. That was, yeah. you know, those early days when it was like, hey, parents, just make it through the next couple weeks. Like <laughs> all rules are off for screen time. It's okay. You know? And and it was like, okay, sure. Like you can watch YouTube, whatever. I'm trying to work that's, here. That's... And like not realizing that it was like, first of all, you cannot the you know, the the 
course doesn't go back in the barn with this, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, no. my son still talks about something he saw like two years ago, which was uh, this group of people call who make the channel called Nerf Patrol. And it's Uh like, it's so horrible that it's like the worst thing ever, but he like saw it and he was like so intrigued because it's like teenagers shooting Nerf guns, which like, Mm -hmm. you know, so fun, very appealing to at the time, a three-year-old boy um, and still appealing to a five-year-old boy. And like, I was like, no, you cannot watch this, but it's really difficult to actually block something on adult YouTube, like you can block someone, but that only means that like, basically they can't look at your account, which is like not particularly good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Your business. You already leave me alone. I'm over here making content for me and me alone (laughs) on a public space. Right. But it was like not helpful. If I was like, I don't want my son to be able to watch your videos. Um, You can do that on the YouTube kids app. It has different functionality, but um yeah, I get um, it. I I remember watching the movie Roger Rabbit, you know, thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where Judge Doom gets rolled over with a like a steamroller, yes. and mm-hmm. then he's super thin. It is an absolute scene out of a horror movie. Like there's a scene in Pan's Labyrinth, and I'm like, oh, that's just the Judge Doom getting rolled over scene. And then he walks <laughs> over and fills himself up with air, and his eyeballs <laughs> pop out and turn red and cartoonish and turn into daggers. And I'm like. I could rewrite that scene for shot for shot 30 years later because it, it doesn't, when you're little, your mind is like that magnet and it just grabs it and it's like, well, this is out there in the world. Now this I know a, this exists. This is part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember being really scared by, there's a scene in Roger Barber where they, they're like, bo- he's boiling the, the tunes. Yeah, the you dip. Remember? Yeah, oh, the yeah. dip. Yeah. That was a really scary movie. It was yep. a scary movie. Strong great dislike. Movie. Confusing as <laughs> Yeah. Great movie. <laughs> Um, so you guys want to hear about this uh, this this QR code that Rick rolled? I'm ready whole, to laugh my buns off. Tell this me about a, this Rick roll. This is uh, this was on Texas is Life. Uh, oh, I love that site. I found this one myself, guys. And it's by. Are you ready for this? Mm-mm. It's by Texas writer. Oh, how'd they get him or her or them? <laughs> how did they get Texas writer the best in the biz for they Texas is Life? Uh, someone just rickrolled the entire city of Dallas with a massive floating QR code. Uh, last night, as people partied in the city of Dallas, a massive floating QR code beckoned them to scan it after a pandemic where consumers were trying to scan QR codes for Fun. restaurants and blah, blah, blah. Uh, without a doubt, thousands likely scanned this QR code. When someone pointed their phone up at the sky and scanned the code, they were then taken to the YouTube video for Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, a classic nice. internet prank known as the Rickroll or Rick Rolling. Uh, the entire thing was a collaboration between Fort Worth-based Sky Elements and Rockwall-based Jared Goins, the guy behind Epic Nerf Battles. Look at that! Whoa! It's a tie-in! It's a weird tie-in. With your Nerf gang. Uh, the thought of a for- Fort Worth company rickrolling the city of Dallas is sort of perfect when you think about the history the two cities have dating back over 100 years. I'm yeah, sure of course. Of when you think about the history, <laughs> I mean, that's the first the place my mind goes. QR codes in the sky. <laughs> what an epic Rick continuation Astley, of the a British pop singer from the night. between Dallas and Fort Worth. <laughs> is there, I don't know enough about t- Texas history. Is there some sort of I think it's just that they're close to each other. And okay. Close they're not like other. mortal enemies or something. No. Nope. Oh, maybe okay. they are. Nope. 
The thing is, is now that we've asked this question, we personally will find out 5,000 times. Yes. Uh, in our DMs. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> you guys don't, we don't really want to know. We don't we care. Don't, don't, don't we DM love us Dallas, about Fort this. Worth. Our we love Dallas, biggest Fort listenership Worth. will be there. You can tell us in person. <laughs> We're coming. Um, the QR code was made up of 300 drones designed to perform light shows in the sky and were visible oh, to people cool. at Reunion Tower and around downtown. According to Jared, this is also the first time in history a Rickroll was successfully done with a floating QR code. Editor's note, we have not verified this fact yet. And that's how it ends. Editor's note, we have not verified this fact yet. And I watched the video, and it is. I, lo- I, I love, I've been wanting to do... Man, I've been wanting to do a drone joke in the sky f- yeah. since like f- since like 2020, I think. I was like old school. <laughs> I would I actually got a quote for it. Do you know I mean like those drone light shows are so expensive. Cuz for yeah. those people who don't know, um I did, you know, I mean, I'm sure most people do know, but I long time ago Sky wrote, had a skywriter right in the sky, how do I land over LA? Mm-hmm. And, and so Scotty and I have been trying to think up other like big joke pranks for yes. the Earth. One, do you remember this one where we wanted it to be a joke for the space station? Mm. Where we were going to get like 500 people to go into the White Sands National Monument desert oh, yeah. and then try and spell something with their yes, bodies. You could see it from space. <laughs> yes, we did. We did consider that. We still could maybe do that. What would you have? Maybe do that. What would you have them spell? We. D- oh, I, I have to remember what we were trying to. I can't remember. I'm sure we have notes somewhere. I'll have to dig back. That's a. That's a long time ago. That was that a long time fun. ago. That would be fun idea. But I looked into doing a joke with the drones. Because I was like, this would be nice maybe for like, it was like during the choir, and I was like, for hospital workers, if you could like outside like a major hospital in like New York City or something, have just like a bunch of jokes in the sky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, they start at $80,000 for like- Is that all? Yeah. And that's not with like customization. That's like for just like images that they already have pre-programmed into the 500 drones. It starts at eighty thousand dollars. I was like, "This is for hospital workers." I'm trying to like, f- you know, crowdfund it on my own, and I was like, "I can't raise eighty thousand dollars." Well, first of all, I can't no. raise eighty thousand dollars. But if nope. I did, people would be like, "You're an asshole for spending eighty thousand dollars on a drone show <laughs> for a couple jokes." Yeah, yeah. When we were jet skiing down the Mississippi, we had one of our producers, really nice dude, was like, "Guys, we have a GoPro on a drone. We're going to get some incredible aerial <laughs> footage of Kurt going down the river." And we're like, "Okay, do whatever you got to do." and we all go out and we start gassing up and we're, we're heading out into the river and we see the drone lift off into the sky and there's our producer on the bank of the river and the drone goes about 50 feet in the air, tilts very hard to the right, the blade stops spinning and it falls into the river and sinks to the bottom and we got zero <laughs> shots out of it. And what he had done is he had charged the drone all night to get ready but he forgot to put battery, like new batteries in the remote control so it just completely lost signal, was like, no, and then he didn't put bobbers on it which I guess when you're flying over the water you're supposed to put something floating on it so that, whatever, 300 or $400 drone just... It flew oh, for no, that, a miraculous... That was a long time ago. That was like a $12,000 drone. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would have been a big fight with Comedy Central. be like, we really need a drone. We really need a drone. And they were like, we're n- you're not going to get it. And then finally they like gave into it. And it just went to the bottom of the Mississippi yeah. River It flew majestically for eight to ten seconds <laughs> and then went in. And we were like, what happened? And he's like, I don't. Oh, they're the remote. It's the remote control. So for drone lovers out there, always remember your remote has batteries, too. Oh, man. 
Katie, have you ever what what is your favorite what is your favorite internet meme or internet prank or anything? Gosh, um, an internet prank. I feel like that um, that seems like something that I like doing. Um, I mean, you know, I I like Updog. Yeah. You gotta like Updog. You gotta like Updog. <laughs> wait, wait. As a person, I don't think I know Updog. I, I'm wait. You don't know Updog? You don't know Updog? Oh, wait, are we joking? No, I don't know Updog. I don't think I know Updog. What's Updog? There we go. <laughs> I don't know. What's uh, up with you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there we go. I was a long way to get there. You said a lot of different v- variations of what's Updog. I'm unfamiliar with Updog. Wait, did you really not know this? Or are you just being nice and trying to set me set us up here? No, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I'm a dumb dumb. I'm a big, I'm a big stupid dumb dumb. I feel overjoyed by that. That, yeah, that was pretty fantastic. Yeah, it did take a long time to get a lot of versions of it. Oh, I don't think I'm familiar with Updog. Oh, is Updog a thing? Does everyone know about Updog? Um, you know, I mean, like as far as an internet prank, sometimes you see like, especially sort of like on Twitter or in co- like, because that's sort of where you maybe have a little bit more dialogue with people, but like trying to trick some loathsome person into mm-hmm. falling for mm-hmm. Updog um, is is always, I, it's fun to see. But wait, uh, is it just on Twitter? You just write Updog? No, it would be like you would trick someone kind of like this. Like you would, you know, say like, you know, Mr. Trump, what do you think of the latest updog policies? And you would trick him into Oh, saying, so it's always in person. It's always No, no, person. no. You would do it like on Twitter. So somewhere where, you know, you could then, you know, maybe in some comment form. I don't oh, know. Okay. Um I, I mean, can't it, believe it that it feels I'm like an internet prank, although I guess it's a I, I guess it's an in-person prank. I guess that's how like warped my mind is that like something that is like clearly supposed to be something you say to a human's face i'm like yeah that's an internet prank (laughs) (laughs) and shakes what a crazy internet prank (laughs) Um, yes i feel like it's something though that i see a lot on or maybe i i used to see a lot on on twitter i heard you discussing on i think it was maybe another video podcast the bad art friend situation which isn't exactly a prank but that is so fascinating kurt you know that story right about like the the Facebook post where somebody donated a kidney and then somebody else ended up writing uh, a, like a, a book about that sit, that character and then it became a whole lawsuit. Do you know the no? The I don't know. I don't. Articles? I don't know it. I don't know it. Well, Katie, tell us. One. Yeah. Well, that was a good prank. <laughs> so some what a funny prank. <laughs> so uh, there was like a long. I think it was in New York Magazine or New mm-hmm. York Times. No, it was New York Times mm-hmm. Magazine. Um, Times. Yeah. It was. Some it, it played out in a lawsuit, which is how it sort of I got this far. But it was sort of in this Crazy. sort of niche, small literary world of like people who um, go on writers' retreats and write short mm-hmm. stories, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, is like a sort of subset of people yes. who write. I don't know. Um, that's not like necessarily something I'm super familiar with, but. Um, So somebody had it within some group. They were all based out of Boston um, Mm -hmm. had like um, 
shared some news that she's like, I've decided to donate my kidney to a stranger. And willfully, just like, I'm going to give a kidney. Okay. Nobody asked for this kidney. Okay. Right. Uh, Which is, you know, a great thing. You can do it right now. Kurt, you know, you've got two kidneys. Just give one away. Frankly, you're rude if you don't. (laughs) I'm Um, I'm rude if I'll take one. Um, Kidneys? He doesn't even need one. And yeah, and I guess so she like made a special Facebook group. She so she's sort of like, you know, hyping up how like generous her donation was a little like too right. much. And my uh-huh. sense is that like every all the other people in this like group sort of thought she was kind of like a weirdo anyways and like yeah. thought she was like kind of annoying and like. Right. Uh, one of the people who uh, was in that group started writing a short story that was like loosely based on this woman's life where the premise yes. was that like a woman donates a kidney and then like is kind of like a little bit weird about it um and then when the kidney donation woman discovered this she got really mad and like the lawsuit involved that it had gotten so far that the woman actually plagiarized some or like yeah play, like copied verbatim some of the like things that the kidney donor had written in like facebook posts about like yes. how awesome her kidney donation was uh-huh. um and so sort of went on and on and it was just sort of this fascinating war of like two absolutely awful people um (laughs) like it was really fascinating to sort of unpack because it was yeah they they were both dreadful um in different and interesting interestingly different ways um but also that's a that's an interesting question like if you copy something someone wrote in the real world and put it in a book. Is that plagiar- is that plagiarizing? Because plagiarizing would be if the person wrote it in a book and then you copied it out of a book and put it in another book. But if you're just actually documenting what a person said, yes, is and that especially a fictional character. But yeah, that was like why there was a lawsuit about it. It was like, are yeah. they stealing? Is this about me? Is it stealing my rights? And it it went on for like years. Yeah, I mean, I think that it probably had to do with that, like if. That the woman was also unhappy about it and was a fellow writer, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a straightforward copyright issue. Right, right, right. right I think right. she was also trying to basically sort of like the the, the woman's short story is going to be published in some festival and you know yep. in a book, and That's she right. was sort of scaring off the publishers and the other people in uh-huh. the literary right. world from having to deal with the lawsuits and stuff. Um, so fun, and there oh, were sort man. of everybody's got to read it. It's crazy, yeah. And there's been like a bunch of follow ups. Like somebody went through the actual lawsuit, and I think the original article made the kidney donor seem like the real villain, and the other person seem like less of a villain. Um, yes. And then, sort of in subsequent, uh, in more information came out, uh, especially details from the lawsuit that maybe mm-hmm. made the kidney donor seem a little bit more sympathetic and a little bit more mm-hmm. of a victim. And basically it was kind of being like made fun of behind her back by people. She yeah. or her wow. friends. Ooh, <laughs> right. Oh, it is it. so fascinating. I love that kind of stuff. It yeah. just got so carried away, but it's also the way that like anything online just elevates and escalates so quickly where people it's like, Oh, if you're just looking at somebody and they say something, you're like, okay, I get the context meaning. And now somebody writes one thing and then everybody just rolls their eyes and is like, done with it. Hate this person. It's <laughs> the world we live in. I have one about a villain. You guys want to hear a story Yay. about a villain? Pizza shop workers take down armed robber 
only to find out it's their former boss. <laughs> this was sent in by Betsy Allen. Thank you, Betsy Allen. This was written by the one and only Joy Marcel on yes. CNN.com. Burst in the bills. She is so good at writing stories about pizza shop workers. <laughs> A former pizza shop employee in Massachusetts is accused of trying to rob his old workplace Cops say a man wearing a mask and carrying what turned out to be a fake gun walked into Northeast Pizza on, I'm guessing it's bar, could be bar A, on Tuesday, according to CNN affiliate WCVB Boston, I'm guessing. A surveillance video shows the man climbing over the counter and forcing one of the workers to help him open the register. Instead, employees wrestled the man to the floor and pinned him down until police arrived. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Quote, I was just frozen in my tracks. I didn't have time to think about a plan or anything like that, so I just reacted, and quote, said pizza shop employee Trevor Kosla. When police arrived, they took off the intruder's mask, and employees recognized the would-be robber as their former manager, who had been fired last summer. The suspect reportedly told police the robbery was meant to be a joke. What a funny joke. <laughs> you know, when you're masked and you run in with a gun and jump over the counter and open the... What a funny joke. What a funny but joke. police and the former colleagues are not laughing. Wow. Wow. I like that they the way the article is written definitely makes it seem like they left the mask on until the cops got there and then Scooby-Doo removed it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like pulled Stand it directly from the top, popped it off, you know? <laughs> His hair's all weird and so Oh man, it's so good. I, just I love, love that. that. It was like of all he he knew where the register was, he knew about what they made every night. But don't you think you would recognize somebody's voice or body language or, or even like I think on an un- maybe car. it's the reason that they attacked him. Do you know what I mean? Like you I think unconsciously you like recognize people's smells and stuff like that. They're just like this isn't a threat. I know this dork. <laughs> like just, <laughs> I can take him. Um, yeah. I remember I, I worked at Domino's. Did I ever talk about the fact that my, my manager at Domino's sold weed and that we oh, would did I, I ever remember. talk about it? I don't know. I don't remember. So I was maybe 18. I think I was 18. It was before I went to college, summer before I went to college. And my manager was my my ex-girlfriend's former boyfriend. Um, ex-girlfriend's previous boyfriend was your yes. boss. So wow. I knew who he was. Um and um, and he was my boss, and he was a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry for my language. Heard that. And he sold weed, but he would let us. We we would get stoned at work together. But uh, you know, it's a domino, <laughs> so it's like a plate glass window, you know, and you can see all the way to the back of the store. It's like so. It's like the only place to smoke weed is that we would stand behind the pizza oven. Very cool. Because that's the only place to, and then we would blow the the pot smoke over the pizzas, and then it would get sucked up into the vent and taken out through the roof. Um, yep. And then, uh, and I th- I'm I'm sure I told you this victimless this story. crime, yeah, a yeah, victimless yeah. crime. Um, but he was supposed to give me a joint. He all all the whole shift. He was supposed to give me a joint, and then we got a call at like two in the morning, and I was like, "Don't take the call. It's two in the morning. We close at two. And he like took the call. I went and delivered the pizza. The guy didn't tip me, so I gave him the finger as I was driving away. And the guy called mm. and like complained, even though it was two in the morning, mm-hmm. and he did. Mm-hmm. He stiffed me on a tip, and then he was like, "You know that joint I was gonna give you." Yeah, I'm not giving it to you. And I was like, I want to quit so bad right yeah. now. I but I didn't. Yeah, you're a good kid. You were a good teenager. 
Mm-hmm. Early Uber, early Lyft. I remember a couple times saying, like, the person when we would drop a group of us off at a party, like, do you want to come in? And, like, twice people were like, yeah, sure. And then, like, just some <laughs> USC college student driving Uber just came and joined us at the party for a few hours. Like, <laughs> like now that seems absolutely insane, but it was so novel at the time. We were like, what are you up to? Do you want to come in and have a beer? And they'd be like, yeah, okay. And they would just come in and hang out. Uh, do you have any early, do you have any early, early jobs or bad jobs Teenage that you've ever had, jobs. Katie? <laughs> Well, you know, this the pizza story kind of reminds me something similar uh, happened to me when I was at a teenage job when I was uh, I guess it it must have been the same as you. So I was it was I was I guess 18. It was the summer after call or after high school school. Sure. I worked I had a summer job at a Starbucks um, and the current assistant manager robbed the safe during like not not his shift, but one of like, oh, wow. Um, and they caught him, um, mm. but it was sort of weird. So it was like, he was, it was his day off and he came in he just sort of, you know, which didn't seem that weird. And I was working that night. He came wow. in, went in the back and only like, I think only a few people had, you know, access to the safe or whatever. He just cleaned out the safe Oh yeah, and, uh, you know, took the cash or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I guess the next day they discovered there was no money in the the, the back. Um, Don't mind me, guys. Just counting the beans. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they had me like go down to like corporate headquarters to sort of be like, inter- you know, interviewed wow, about really? it. And it was sort of I had um, like. You know, I was like a teenager, and so I was yeah, like scary. a little scared. Like I was a little scared of like, of do course. they think that I did it? Like, because right. I was working that night, like I didn't have access to safe, but I was like kind of you know right. nervous. Um, it was something that I was thinking about a little bit in the the recent news about um in the last couple of months, like Starbucks has a couple of the Starbucks branches, not the company wide, mm-hmm. have unionized. Yes, um, yep. which is That's you great. know a great thing, and like it oh, occurred, yeah. you know, it's great because they can bargain for better wages and protection and hours and things like that. And one of the things I was thinking about, I was like, man, you're like weird stuff like this does happen where you as a worker would want to have sort of like, you know, I demand my union rep come with me. If you're going to go in, you know, trot me down to corporate headquarters to grill me about what happened with the robbery that like I didn't do. Um, Of course. You know, so, you know, good, good for the Starbucks that are uh, unionized and, you know, hopefully more of them will be. Yeah. I also wonder about that guy where it was just like, was he just like fully aware that he would be caught and was just like, too bad. I need the money. Like, I got to get there. But it couldn't have been enough money to like escape to Mexico or something. No, because it would have only five grand or something. Yeah. I mean, way less. Yeah, I mean, it was like a busy location, but like I, off the top of my head, I don't think, it, you know, five grand seems, yeah, like five grand or less, I feel like. And yeah. I mean, I remember it very vividly because it was such an odd thing. Like he sort of, I mean, he was just sort of like, I don't know, he was probably, I mean, he was older than me, but he's probably in his earlier mid 20s. Um, yeah. And like kind of like a schlubby guy and just kind of like, just, you know, just happened to like come in in the middle of like his day off, like, which like honestly didn't seem that weird. Like yeah. I don't know. Like I, I'm sure that that I just had happened. Love it here. Or like it wasn't like he was like I'm coming into work. You know, it was the kind of thing like oh maybe he like forgot his jacket and he left it behind yeah. and he's you know in the you know lives in the neighborhood. You know, sure. Um, 
I, I don't know. There. We've all forgotten a jacket yeah. somewhere. But I remember him just being really like <laughs> casual about it. Like, hey, guys, what's up? Just going in the back, you know, and then like and no one sort of questioned it or thought it was weird at the time. And then the next morning, like, you know, the the manager was like, um, what happened last night? <laughs> I feel like my memory is it was even less money. Like it was like fifteen hundred dollars or something. Yeah, like I would have guessed so, too. Not worth like going to jail thing. for. Right. Yeah. I showed up for work. I used to work at Two Boots in Park Slope, and I showed up for to wait tables, and they were like, hey, oh, I should think of a fake name. We're going to call her Marianne. Marianne okay. didn't show up tonight. And I was like, okay, so they're, you're going to have to cover both those sections. I was like, you got it. And then the story that transpired um, was the day before, Marianne had asked the owners of the restaurant if, they, if she could borrow their minivan to help move from Queens to Brooklyn. She got a new apartment. They said, of course. So they take the Dodge minivan. And then there's, she was supposed to return it to the next day. And instead, one of the owners gets a call that she's in jail in Philadelphia. So she had driven down to Philadelphia in a, in a borrowed minivan. This was her plan all along. And uh, Marianne went out and got annihilated drunk and got in the van and then crashed into a light pole in downtown Philly. And the light pole fell over. So she knocked a light pole over. Oh, my God. And then the police were nearby and were alerted. And then fleeing the scene, she drove into the cop car. She drove directly <laughs> into the cop car. So this, so the owner was such a nice guy that he drove down to Philly and got her out of jail. But then he did this sort of masterful thing, which might sound cruel at first, but it really because we were all finding this out in real time. Like the bartenders were like answering the phone, and it would be like, "Do you have a call from Philadelphia Penitentiary?" And it was like <laughs> this poor girl. And uh, so the owner not only went down and picked her up and got her out of prison, he drove her back up and then he drove directly to the restaurant and made her walk into the restaurant and like face everybody because instead of everybody just gossiping about her for several days, he was like, we're going to take you right there. You're going to walk into the kitchen. Everybody already knows. And she's like, she's crying when she gets in there. But then like the other owner gave her a big hug and everybody's like, are you okay? But it was like the weirdest, like it was like Cersei in uh, game of Thrones. It was like, you're going to have to face the whole town. You did something real bad. And, but it was, I was like, why did you do that? And everybody's like, can you believe she did that? Can you believe Marianne did that? I'm like, yeah, because one time we were all just hanging out telling ghost stories and she said she used to see civil war ghosts shooting at each other in her dad's back lawn. So, <laughs> That makes a lot of sense, except she was from Florida. So, you know, not exactly the most honest person I've ever worked with, but it was sort of masterful to, like, instead of letting the gossip wheel spin for a week, just, like, get in there, let everybody see you, tell us your point of view. But, yeah, she stole a van, got drunk, and crashed into a light in a cop. I also feel like whenever I know anyone who's like, yeah, I've got to go down to Philadelphia, like, I assume they're doing it in a stolen minivan and they're going to crash it drunk, right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, why else go to Philly? <laughs> Seems that's so you good. Know, appropriate. Yeah, par yeah. for the course. All right, I'm going to tease us into a break here. Yeah, buddy. You ready? Are you ready? I love it. Hit us. Here we go. Scientists gave lions the love hormone oxytocin to see what would happen. Oh, I bet. I bet I know what happened. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it when we come back on Hananas. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Folks, we are back. Uh, Scotty, if, if anyone's out there, uh, do us a favor right now. Why yep. not go to uh, www.ratebananas.com, R-A-T-E bananas.com, and give us a rate and review. It, it matters. matters. It, it does matter, guys. We love when you do it. Uh, we really do love when you do it. And, of course, send all of your uh, strange news to... Uh, the Bananas Podcast uh, on Instagram or uh, the Bananas Podcast at gmail.com. Scotty, got any shout outs for we got get some back shout to our outs. fantastic guest? I do. I have some shout outs. And for our beloved Bananimals, birthdays are tough. We're, at this point, we're getting 50 to 100 shout outs. And so <laughs> if it's like two weeks out or a week out, we're going to be belated. So happy belated birthday to Ariana from Ashley. It's a late one. Birthdays are tough for us, but Ashley loves Ariana so much. I think it's April 10th, which will certainly be way past. Happy birthday. Uh, Gorbachevi, great name, says, happy birthday, Nicole. You're the coolest cat in overalls, and I hope you like your bananas water bottle surprise. So happy birthday, Nicole, and thanks for buying that uh, that hot, hot, hot banana swag. And then these two are not bananas. I mean, excuse me, birthdays. Planetary Lauren wants to shout out her best friend and husband, Jack, for supporting her through her PhD, a NASA grant, and into a tech job. She couldn't have done it without him. But also, Curdy B, she wants to shout out her cats, Avocado, Mango, and Banana. <laughs> Banana's a pretty good name for a cat, I gotta say. I do want to say I like that. It's just like, I just want to say thank you to my partner who supported me through all of this, but also these three animals. <laughs> these three animals named after fruits and veggies. Who don't support me at all. <laughs> That's right. And last but very, very not least is uh, Carrie Marie is shouting out Carrie Marie. Carrie came out to their father as non-binary. They thank us for always including non-binary folks in our intro, something Curdy B and I are very happy to do. And they wanted the Banana Boys to announce it publicly before telling everyone else in Carrie's life. So congratulations, and to all our beloved Bananimals, anyone coming out in 2022, we know it's a big decision. We know it can be very scary. So we just want to let you know that we got your back. Have that bravery. Have that courage. Do it when you're ready, and live how you want to live. And we are here, of course, with the fantastic Woo! Katie Natopoulos. Hi, Katie. Hi. Thank you for calling me fantastic. That's very sweet. You are fantastic. <laughs> Katie, I had a question. Since you are a journalist, you're a writer, what was your first paid writing job? I feel Ooh. like we have a decent amount of aspiring writers, and to get paid to write is like, that's the sweet spot, right? Um, that's a great question. Off the top of my head, ugh, I am honestly not totally sure. Um, sure. I think that it was maybe I did a blog post about bronies for gawker.com. <laughs> um, I remember that. 
You do? Okay, I yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. bronies, I remember when they were bronies, a big I thing. I yeah, miss they bronies. Were a big thing. I miss bronies. It was I, a simpler time. It really was. It's like, I feel like at the time we were like, bronies. Oh, and now I'm like, oh, bring back the bronies. <laughs> for those for those of you who don't know what bronies is, can you please tell uh, the world about bronies, Katie? Right. The idea was that it was bros, adult men who were into My Little Pony. The uh, <laughs> It was... Um, and it was non-ironic. It was, yeah. a, it was a literal love of My Little Pony. Yeah, I guess part of the reason they don't really exist anymore. So there was this... And this was in what, like the sort of late aughts, the, I mean, 2009 mm-hmm. to 2014. Yep, they were coming back around then. Yeah, there, there was specific, there was a new animated series of My Little Pony mm-hmm. called yep. Friendship is Magic. And yeah, it and was it like considered like a sort of very high quality animation show uh, that, you know, adults could enjoy as well as children. And I guess that yes. like, you know, a lot of adults enjoyed the show on their own um as they should i went to a premiere party for that really and i left and they gave me three my little ponies in packaging and at the time my cousin had a three-year-old so i guess second cousin but basically a niece to me and at a family dinner i was like you know what i'm gonna give her one at a time for every like monthly family dinner and just give her a little something to look forward to so after dinner my little three-year-old niece is sitting there, and I hand her a My Little Pony, and she asks what its name is. And every all the everybody else is an adult, no other mm-hmm. kids. And I said, well, you can name it whatever you want. Like, it has a name, but you can name it whatever you want. And my cousin's like, yeah, go ahead. Name it, Ella. What do you want to name it? And she looks down at this little pink little My Little Pony and then looks up at all of these adults looking at her, and she goes, her? And we're all like, her? And she goes, Peas? And we're like herpes. <laughs> we're like, well, let's think of a different name for this My Little Pony. Just out of the out of the, the her little mind, her peas. And we were like, well, how about Candy Flake or you know, how about Snuggles? Yeah. So old herpes, the My Little Pony lived lived and breathed for one night, but I'm sure we changed it to like Cherry Buck. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true. We all just burst out <laughs> laughing and she was like nervous at our laughter. Like she knew she had made a mistake. Oh but we were my like, God. Oh, okay. no, I love that. <laughs> Good old herpes, the My Little Pony. Um, all right, you want to hear about this, uh, this, this, these scientists giving love hormones to yes, lions? lions? Okie dokie. This is in Newsweek. It's written by Hannah Osborne. She's Thank good. You, Hannah. She might be the best. She's the best in the business. Uh, scientists have given lions a dose of the love hormone oxytocin to see what impact it would have on this vulnerable apex predator. Oxytocin is a hormone that in humans is associated with childbirth, bonding, and breastfeeding. In animals, research over recent decades, that's interesting that they don't also say sex because it's also associated with sex. In animals, research over recent decades suggests it can Mm -hmm. play a role in social bonding. For example, research published in 2017 showed how injecting wild seal with oxytocin made them friendlier toward one another. Um, lion numbers are currently plummeting with an estimated 20,000 left in the wild. Lions are no. hunted by humans in retaliation for attacks on livestock and humans, as oh, well as preemptively on. to protect those living nearby. The species mm-hmm. is also targeted by trophy hunters. Lion conservation efforts often involve the relocation of individuals from areas where they are at risk from humans, yes. as well as their reintroduction to parks. But lions are an aggressive predator and are highly yes, are. territorial. This means bringing a new individual in an area 
area where lions are already present can uh -huh. be risky. Uh -huh. So science from the University of Minnesota wanted to see if oxytocin would promote social bonding among lions as it does with other species. In their experiment, this is here where it gets Here we it, go. Hold on tight. In their experiment at a wildlife reserve in South Africa, researchers lured, lured lions to a wire fence with chunks mm -hmm. of meat. Once close enough, they would spray oxytocin up their noses. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Just a little panaka of oxytocin. <laughs> How's that um, mean, boys? <laughs> and then, of course, they're sneezing. Findings showed that the 23 lions given oxytocin were more tolerant of others and were less territorial. Okay. Quote, you can see their features soften immediately. They go from wrinkled and aggressive to this totally calm demeanor. Jessica Burkhart, mm. who is the lead author of this study, published in iScience, said in a statement, they totally chill out. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And if you're wondering what it looks like for a lion to chill out, here's what it means. The distance between lions playing with a ball after oxytocin halved from about 22 feet to 11 feet, Pretty suggesting close. they became more tolerant <laughs> of one another. Once food was introduced, the effect of the oxytocin disappeared. There we go. There we go. So Fun while it lasted. Get, they still stay 11 feet away from each other. I love it. They're that much. They're that much disliking being around other lions. Yeah. yeah. And then as soon as they eat, they're like, no. <clears throat> I'll Bye. kill you. I'll kill you again. <laughs> uh, you know, Kurt, I have uh, a personal story of lion aggression and yes, local news uh, that's very yes. close to me. Um, when I was, uh, this would have been in, the, I think, the year 2000. 2001 okay. um, uh, over uh, over I think it was on New Year's Day uh, okay. news in the Boston Globe broke um, uh -huh. that and that's where uh, I grew up where my parents lived in, in, outside Boston and um, I was home from college visiting with my parents for Christmas break and um, uh, so we're reading the Boston Globe that mm -hmm. at the uh, the Boston Zoo, which is the Franklin Park Zoo, uh, okay. there had been a scandal, a cover up where Ooh, no. months earlier, one lion attacked and killed another lion. And they like didn't good. tell anyone about it. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and then it finally was like revealed like several months later. But like sure. it, it was like. A little bit buried in the, you know, it was on New Year's Day that they like announced the news, you know, um, and it just so happened that I love going to the zoo on New Year's Day. <laughs> and this has like weirdly been like a family tradition of mine that had more uh -huh. to do with like travel plans around like visiting relatives. But oh, um, sure, that makes sense. Uh, but that we would somehow end up always going to like the Bronx Zoo on New Year's Day. Um, wow. And mm -hmm. so I was like, well, let's go to the zoo. And I got to see these lions, these killer lions. So, like we go to the zoo and it's like a freezing cold day. It's New Year's Day in Boston. It stinks. Nobody's there. It's it's miserable. Like it's completely <laughs> yeah. empty. Um, as we I'm go to the, it's open. We go to the lion area and like the only people there is the local news crew because they're filming, yeah, you know, the sort of, you know, Fox 5 problem solvers kind of, um, yeah. you know, scandal at the zoo segment. Mm -hmm. And since like uh, myself and my mother were like the only sort of patrons uh, milling around <laughs> and they were like, I was like, oh, are you guys filming about the lion thing? The lions, the murder lions. So they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you want to like be the, you know, man on the street interview? And I was like, <laughs> 
do I? (laughs) (laughs) This has been my dream, right? To be the man on the street interview on the local news. So, you know, so I get up there and I was like, I I got self send. This is local news. They, they need the whole, they, they need the scandalous element. So like, you know, Mm -hmm. they were like, ma'am, how do you feel about this? And I was like, well, if they were covering this up, who knows what else they've been covering up. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was on the local news that night, you know, spouting out my zoo conspiracy theories. And I was so, so so excited about it. Oh, I love that so much. I'm just sorry that a lion had to die for me to have my, you know, 15 seconds of local news fame. (laughs) This goes all the way to the top. We need to turn this zoo upside down. Um, I think the last time I saw a lion, and I'm sure it was a lion, it wasn't a tiger, it was a lion, was we were, Lauren and I, my wife and I, we're we're recording an episode for this podcast we used to do called Wedlock, um, and we wanted to go and see bonobos, because bonobos are, they have sex like 85 times a day or something like that. It's a lot. And it's like, there, there's no aggression. It's a matriarchal society where sex is used to like, uh, you know, like organize their entire, like everything. Like, I'm th- hi, how you doing? They'll have sex with each other to say hi. They'll have sex okay. with each other to like share food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we had to go early in the morning before the zoo was open in Jacksonville, Florida. So Jacksonville was the only place that would let us come in and watch yeah. the bonobos hump. And, uh, and so we get there. And it's we're walking around a zoo before it's open, which is very exciting and cool. We yeah, watch the bonobos. Uh, it is crazy. But then the woman is like, "Well, you guys are here, and we still yeah. don't open for another hour. Do you want to like walk around the zoo?" And we're like, "Yeah, totally." So then we just like went walking around, and there was a lion there. Was it either a lion <laughs> or a tiger? I can't remember. Big cat, big big cat. Okay. And it kept just, and it obviously was like annoyed at something because it was just walking in like a big loop around this kind of big enclosure so like every 30 seconds it would like walk on this path and come back around yeah and lauren my wife wanted to like get a video of the lion like coming because it would like come right next to you and so she like tried to film it once and it went past and then she'd like got in a better position like closer for it to come past and then something didn't work and so then she like really got like right up close there and the lion, she has it all on video. The lion's coming around, and then it just like comes right up to her, and then like kind of walks past her, then stops, then raises its tail and just sprays her in the face. <laughs> oh, the old urine bomb! Tigers—they have signs. It might have been a tiger because at zoos they have signs that like these Bengal tigers will spray piss at you if they're mad. And it's not even piss; it's like this marking musk that Ooh. smells so bad and she was immediately just drenched in it that's fantastic (laughs) i feel like everybody in jacksonville does that all the time i feel that's like a jacksonville handshake wow jacksonville handshake she got the old jacksonville handshake (laughs) wow that will change you. I bet Lauren yeah. is different at zoos from now on. Like <laughs> I wish I had. I, like I, she, I'm sure she has the video. Maybe I can get the video. But you'll watch the video. You, the lion sprays her, and then you just hear being like, "No!" That'll wake you up. That'll wake you up. Uh, wow, do we have crazy. time for, for you to tease us out with one story, Scotty? Yeah, I can do one. I could do. This is a fun one, actually. We can go out on. Uh, let's see. I'll do a shorty. Here's a nice short one. 
this was sent in by Megan Colwell on uh, Instagram. Thank you, Megan, very, very much. Uh, written by BBC. That's a real news source. We yeah, like the I BBC. So. Maybe. Yeah. Written by that hot BBC staff. Um, <laughs> they, they don't often credit at the BBC. They are the mediumist in the business. Paraglider breaks man's nose in clifftop crash! Exclamation point. Wow. Okay. This is fascinating. A man was left with a broken nose <laughs> after the pilot of a paraglider <laughs> crashed into him. North Yorkshire police said they received a report that a pedestrian was walking along Filey Brig or Philly Brig in Filey Count Country Park or Filey Count, excuse me, Filey Country Park on Thursday. March 24th, at around 6.30 p.m., when a paraglider collided with him, <laughs> the collision caused him to have a broken nose and broke oh. his glasses. I mean, this is so insane. What is the a glider- paraglider again? Is it? A, it's not a hang glider. Is it a hang it's glider? It's a parachute, and then it has like a fan apparatus behind you. Some oh, of them are like motorized, Jesus. and some of them you just run off the cliff with like a parachute over you, and you have <laughs> handles, and you sail. <laughs> The glider was described as green and white in color and was being piloted by a white man in his 40s who was wearing a green helmet and dark clothes. They're never going to catch this guy. Who's wearing a green helmet and dark clothing. Anyone who can assist the police, uh, send your inquiries. Uh, oh, wait, he's to- still at large? He, he smashed broke into someone. And sailed away. <laughs> and then sailed away? A hit yes, run on a paraglider? <laughs> Yes, he did. <laughs> Call North Yorkshire Police on 101 Select Option 2 and ask to speak to Alistair Graham Merritt. If you saw or know somebody with a green and white Come on, par- somebody's got to know this guy. He's, to be there can't be a huge paraglider. Walking at night? 6.30 p.m. and then all of a sudden you just look up and you get hit by a flying... <laughs> guy and he breaks your nose and glasses so that you can't see if you've and ever gotten hit in the nose it it makes you black out for a second and it is a horrible pain uh, and then oh you God. just look and your assailant just soars silently into the <laughs> british skies i like how the news story says specifically like to call alistair or like ask for alistair yeah. or whoever yeah. <laughs> like- alistair graham Merritt, police on 101 <laughs> select option two if you're near the north yorkshire police department oh, i love that Oh, oh man! Well, Katie, so thank you so much for being on Bananas. Can where can people find you online and plug whatever you want to plug? Um, hey. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Katie Natopoulos, um, or you can read my articles at on BuzzFeedNews.com. There you go. Fantastic. And they're all good people. They're yep. all good. Each one is a winner. Is what I say whenever <laughs> I see a Katie Natopoulos article. I well, you know, I, I truly the best. I, I try to keep a slightly better ratio than the the paraglider um, yeah. in terms of hits and misses. But, you know, can't win them all. That's right. Oh, well, thank you for being here. Fantastic. Scotty. Curdy B. Yeah. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. 
You can listen, subscribe, and leave us reviews for Bananas on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your quality podcast. And don't forget, you can hear every episode one week early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Bananas! Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.